0: Hey there, this is Patrick, and you're listening to Youth St. Stephen, a podcast produced by the Youth Ministries at St. Stephen Lutheran Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're here with us. People might start hashtags, declare campaigns, or rally their friends to go after someone online pretty much because they believe they've done something wrong and must be punished. There are countless stories of people who have received so much negative online backlash because of their behavior that they've lost their jobs or even had to change their names. This is where things can get complicated as far as justice is concerned. Justice, which is the subject of our series, is about making wrong things right. Usually making wrong things right requires someone to be punished or held accountable for their actions. But can our desire to punish someone who has done wrong ever go too far? Is there another way? How do we hold people accountable for their actions in a way that still honors God? Last week we said God is calling each of us to do something to fight for justice. Today we're going to begin talking about how and how not to do that. Our world is not as it should be. There is pain evil and injustice all around us. In the age of social media, it's easier than ever to stay informed about all sorts of injustices. But is sending a tweet or posting a selfie or sharing a video about an inspiring cause really all it takes to make a difference in the world? Or is it possible that justice is about something much more than a hashtag? In this series, you'll be challenged to not just post about the injustices around you, but to actually do something about that by loving mercy, acting justly, and walking humbly. Welcome to More Than a Hashtag. So last week, we read a passage in the Bible that I'd like us to revisit. It was Micah 6, verse 8. It says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Today, I want us to focus on two words from that passage, love mercy. But what is mercy? I think the idea of God's mercy is best defined in the person of Jesus. It seems a little cliche, but legit. I mean, his life embodied mercy. Sometimes mercy is defined in contrast to grace, but most of the time, mercy and grace go together. Some might say it like this, if grace is like getting a gift that we don't deserve, then mercy is not getting what we do deserve, that is, punishment for what we do wrong. By taking on our punishment for sin, Jesus displayed mercy. We don't have to die a death or endure internal separation from God because in an act of great mercy, Jesus died on our behalf. Because of Jesus, we don't get the punishment that we kind of deserved. That's mercy. Instead, we get the gift of eternal life because we put our faith and trust in Jesus. That, that's grace. How many of you guys have watched Les Mis? There's a scene in it that I think illustrates the idea of receiving mercy pretty well. In the story, there's a man named Jean Valjean, and before the story begins, Jean is imprisoned for stealing bread in order to feed his family. After 19 years, he's finally released from prison and has to learn how to live a normal life. But after so many years in prison, Jean Valjean is a mess, and he's not sure how to live a normal life. But then something happens that changes his life forever. If you have a second, pull up a scene called Back to God in either the musical version or the narrative version of the film. I'll quickly read the quote, but if you have a second, it'd be pretty cool to watch. From the narrative version, it goes, Don't forget. Don't you ever forget. You promised to become a new man. Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred, and now I give you back to God. So that was the bishop that was speaking to him there, and it seems that he was able to extend his mercy to Jean Valjean because he had an understanding of God's mercy and forgiveness over his own life. A shallow understanding of justice would reason that, because Jean Valjean stole from the bishop. Justice would be served if Jean Valjean was punished as a criminal and sent back to prison. Jean Valjean should have to pay the price of his sins by serving more time. But the bishop had a deeper understanding of mercy. Someone who has experienced God's mercy isn't satisfied with punishment or revenge. Instead, when, when they experience God's mercy, the mercy transforms them and empowers them to show love and mercy to others. I'm reading in Luke chapter seven, starting at verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch, and Jesus accepted the invitation. As they sat down to eat, a woman off the streets, a prostitute heard he was there and brought an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Going in, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears falling down upon his feet. And she wiped them off with her hair She kissed them and poured the perfume on them. Then Jesus' host, a Pharisee, saw what was happening, who the woman was, and he said to himself, This proves that Jesus is no prophet, for if God really had sent him, he would know what kind of woman this one is. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Alright, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told them this story. A man loaned money to two people, 5000 to one, and 500 to the other. But neither of them could pay him back. So he kindly forgave them both, letting them keep the money. Which do you suppose he loved him most after that?" "'I suppose the one who had owed him the most,' Simon answered." "'Correct,' Jesus agreed. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, "'Look, see, this woman kneeling here, when I entered your home, you didn't bother to offer me water to wash the dust off my feet but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You refused me the customary kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she's covered my feet with rare perfume. Therefore her sins, and they are many, are forgiven, for she loved me much. But one who is forgiven little shows little love. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then the men at the table said to themselves, who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman, she understood who Jesus was. She knew that he had the power to forgive sins and that he was loving and merciful. When the woman learned that Jesus was at the house of Simon the Pharisee, she gathered all her courage and went to find him, despite the fact that the house was full of men who were hardly known for being merciful, let alone accepting someone with her reputation. In the eyes of these men, the fact that she had the nerve to show up at the house uninvited confirmed their opinion that she was not a respectable woman. When she got to Jesus, she wept so much that her tears wet his feet. She didn't wipe away her tears with the back of her hand or her sleeve. Instead, she used them to wash his feet, and instead of a towel to dry them, she used her own hair. She kissed Jesus's dirty, calloused, and probably not very nice-smelling feet over and over again. This was a deeply humble, deeply intimate, and deeply moving moment for this woman. She didn't do this as an act or out of a sense of duty. It was an authentic response to God's love and mercy. In that day and culture, it was customary to wash the feet of your guests and to give them a kiss on their cheek as a greeting. Jesus pointed out that the host did neither of those things, yet this woman did. It was also important that rabbis and teachers and men of good reputation not be seen in the company of women with bad reputation. For Jesus to allow this woman to touch him at all, let alone weep at his feet and kiss him over and over again, more shocking, more crazy than breaking news on TMZ. This was definitely the kind of video that would go viral on WorldStar. In this story, Jesus flipped the script like he was so good at doing. He used this woman as an example of what it means to love deeply. This woman acknowledged Jesus was the son of man, the one who has the power to forgive sins, the one who has shown great mercy. But the Pharisees, the experts in religion, were unable to see Jesus for who he really was. This woman, because she experienced the love of God in a way that the Pharisees had not, she was able to express her love for God in a way that the Pharisees simply just couldn't understand. You know, there's so much wrong in our world. And every day, people, they frustrate us and they disappoint us. So much so that sometimes we want to see them brought to justice. And I'm with you. I have that same feeling. There's a time and a place for people to experience consequences for their actions. Experiencing consequences for our sin, it's also a necessary step in the justice process. But Aren't you glad that Jesus chose to show us mercy? Remember what we learned from the example of the bishop and of course, the example of Jesus. God isn't motivated by a desire to punish us. He wants to see us transformed. His mercy has the power to cause that kind of transformation in our lives and then empower us to show that same mercy to others. When it comes to justice, God is calling us to love mercy. For a few moments, think about these thoughts. Have you ever needed to be forgiven much? How can you allow the forgiveness that you've received transform you? Have you ever refused to show mercy to someone else? Has anyone ever hurt you, maybe recently? And how might you show them mercy instead of taking revenge? Until next week. I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay strong. God bless. Well, hey there. You're still listening. You are the true MVP. Give yourself a nice pat on the back. We as a ministry for today's youth pour our heart into these episodes. And when someone goes all in and listens to everything we've got, it makes our heart shine. So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. Send them a text or a snap, and feel free to post us on your story. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can send us an audio message on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining in and spending some time together. We can't wait to see you again. Check out what else we've got for you at saintstephenorg youth. And remember, God loves you no matter what. See you soon.